Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ben from Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and I have an important announcement for you guys. At the end of every single episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you might hear a shout out to our fans, one of whom is Matt Herring, who was one of the original Superhouse fans. He's always given us his support, and now it's time that we support him. Uh, we've just recently found out that Matt has been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And as a cancer survivor myself, I know personally that there's a lot of emotional and financial strain that comes into that. Uh, his wife, Kelly, has set up a GoFundMe account at GoFundMe.com slash F slash Matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039S hyphen butt. Uh, and hopefully you can help reduce the financial strain to that as well as some of the emotional strain that comes with that. Again, that's gofundme.com slash F slash Matthew dash kicks dash cancer 039S dash butt. Matt Herring was the first, I guess you could say, true Superhouse fan. We were Superhouse at that time. You know, the first fan of this podcast and what we do here and um, has always supported us, talked about us, and um, he's from a town close to where I'm from, and uh, so we share that as well, and just a huge superhero fan, and, you know, nerd like the rest of us, and now he's going through that, and uh, if you could donate just at least any amount of money to that link that Ben just said, that would be truly appreciated just hang in there matt you'll beat this thing soon joker this ends now that's what you think old pointy is check out my shiny new toy (laughs) i just stole it from cadmus i actually have no idea what it does let's see what happens when i push this button right here don't go in there oh you know now that you told me not to go in, you know I've got to take a step. See you later, Guano Man! <laughs> I'm following you in. Oh, well, this place looks somewhat familiar. Who the fuck are you? I thought I locked your ass up in Arkham a long time ago. You're coming with me. Oh my, you're much more grim and dark than what I'm used to. You better fucking believe it. I don't know if I like this very much. Here's the fucking bat handcuffs, motherfucker. Joker, I followed you. Wait, who are you? I am not even the goddamn Batman. I am the fucking Batman. That can't be right. I'm Batman. No, you're a little fucking wimp. Look at these fucking biceps through the suit. I work out like a motherfucker. Who the fuck are you to even fucking wear this suit? Someone who's not compensating. I'll show you compensating. I've got one of those Burt Ward dicks. Sure you do. Ah, well, with all this naughty language I'm hearing, I think it's time for me to go. (laughs) Looks like you fell for the old fake hand trick. I'll see you two fat men later. (laughs) Fat men? Are you kidding me? He must be mistaking these gains for fat. You have probably put on a few. How the fuck would you know that? You just got here. I'm Batman. You idiot. He's getting away. After him. Okay, let's do it. Oh, wow, this place looks much brighter than I expected it to be. Are you sure this is Gotham? Joker? You foul fiend? What are you doing here? What the fuck is this daylight? I work at night only. Get used to it. Oh my god, it's him. The original. Wow!
wow, I've never seen a Batman that looked like he was wearing pajamas before. I actually respect this guy more than the other guy. Original Batman, you call the shots. What do we do? I say we beat up this fucking clown? Whoa, language. Adam West would never speak that way. He's just that pissed off at you. Let's get him. Uh, oh, take that. Uh, I take this. Uh, this has actually been a sweet day. Wait, two portals just opened up. What's going on? Well, looky here. Looks like this town needs an enema. Whoa, that guy's cool. And who's that coming through that portal there? Why so serious? Let's put a smile on those faces. Uh, welcome to Superhero Stuff You Should Know, a Superhouse podcast. We are at the end of 2020 in our end of year episode, and we are closing it off. This is Ben, the man who knows too much about Batman, and with me as usual is my co-host. Hey everybody, it's Andrew. Welcome to this show on the internet, and it's the <laughs> last one for us of the year, so yes. welcome to it. Yes, and, and welcome our recurring guest, Zach Brown. Hey everybody, it's me, Zach, again. I'm always happy to be back on. Especially and here at the end of the year, this is special. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's a very special end of year, so we're very happy to have <laughs> you on, man. We uh, we were talking earlier in the previous episodes on how we've done an 80th anniversary for Joker and Robin, and now it's Catwoman's turn to close us out. Why did I choose now? Well, it's because a lot of Batman fans have been re-watching Batman Returns this Christmas, and we decided to finally go into the sequel that it didn't get, which was not a Tim Burton Batman Forever, but the unmade Catwoman movie uh, that Tim Burton was supposed to make. This would have been the first female-led superhero film, I believe, because it predates the 2004 version, obviously. Wasn't there like a Supergirl Electra. movie in the 80s? Oh, yeah, like yeah, actually, never mind. This would have been the first female-led superhero film post Batman, I guess. Like it would have, yeah. Supergirl. Yeah, Supergirl would be the first one. Uh, but then there would have been this large gap, and then this would have been like the first one after that. And there were, of course, TV shows like, of course, Wonder Woman and a Shazam course, yeah. spinoff called Isis. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's I think... more of a deep cut. I think I've never seen it, but I've seen uh, pictures of it floating around online. I'm sure it's on YouTube. I think that character is in the new Black Adam movie. Whenever it comes, I out wouldn't in doubt it. They're straight up had a show. Yeah. There were Shazam yeah. spinoffs, because there was a Shazam show, too. Like, mm -hmm. Shazam's had an interesting run. But anyway, this the is about Catwoman. <laughs> Get out and of I'm here, sorry man. we saved the last <laughs> episode of the year for one based on a woman. <laughs> uh, we didn't plan that, but here we are. Why'd you have to call that out, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> if we don't, the fans will. <laughs> Walter the Wobot... Is going to say something. <laughs> Green Arrow. <laughs> Julian in Australia. All yes. those guys. Uh, Super Inframan. You know, Kooky. Will, Kooky, why haven't you said something? I said it was because of the timing with Batman Returns. I figure it would be better to save it till now. Timing-wise, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're starting 2021 with Wonder Woman 1984, though. So That is it's true. It's not like we just do end-of-year episode is going to be just for the female superheroes the first and the so, last yeah okay there you yeah. go <laughs> and so there we'll it have, is we'll have some more we'll have some more when we so. talk about wonder woman i want to talk <laughs> about all kinds of bondage 
Of course, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is in the very DNA of Wonder Woman, but we'll get I did to that later. Read the, yeah, I did read the original Wonder Woman comic this morning, and I was like, oh my god, in terms of like how 1940s they drew the bondage costumes of the Amazonians in Themyscira. I was not prepared for that. Uh, but oh, it's, man. it's hell of a part of the comic. So progressive as far as, uh, you know, the A, the bondage, B, they were in a polyamorous relationship. <laughs> like, and then, of course... The real-life guy, you mean? Just for the woman, context of the yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The real-life guy was his name. Uh, uh, Moulton. William Moulton. Mul- yeah, Moulton. Yes, that's right. William Moulton Marston? No? or uh, Anyway. Yeah. All right, Catwoman. We're going into one... We're going into from one kink costume to another. I feel like. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> On to the other kink, though. Yes. Um, this is more about that, I guess, isn't it? More than yes. Marvel. This is how we do it. Uh, this is the closest we could have gotten to a Burton continuation to Batman Returns. A lot of the internet. I've corrected this in past Ben Caves, but we might as well go into it now in case we haven't done this formally on the podcast but internet likes to make up that Burton was going to do something called Batman Continues with Keaton as Batman Pfeiffer as Catwoman Marlon Wayans as Robin Rene Russo as Chase Meridian Robin Williams as Riddler Billy D. Williams as Two-Face and Brad Dorf as Scarecrow first of all that's way too packed of a cast but that hasn't stopped people in the past anyway um, nope. but we found with our interview with Lee and Janice Scott Bachelor that this was never the case Burton hired the Bachelors to work with Schumacher uh, and together they came up with the idea of having Robin, Two-Face, Riddler, and Chase Meridian in the first place after Burton was already gone. So Rene Russo and Robin Williams were Schumacher's choices, not Burton's choices because Burton wasn't on the project anymore as a director. He was only given producer credit because he helped hire the Bachelors. People just sort of group Wayans in there because he was cast as Robin in Batman Returns. And then, of course, Billy Dee Williams was already cast as Harvey Dent in 89. I don't know where this Brad Dorf as Scarecrow thing comes from. It's kind of a mystery to me because I don't remember any talk about Scarecrow in any of the interviews with the Bachelors or any talks with Schumacher. But Dorf did say that he was one of Burton's personal choices for Joker back in 89. Is he Stephen Dorf's brother? No, it's a Dorif. So D-U... Uh, D-O-U-R-I-F. Okay. I'm thinking Not of Stephen Dorf from Blade, and, and then he didn't, <laughs> it wasn't anywhere until True Detective, and that blew up too, so. Yeah. Um, I didn't even Brad Dourif being uh, the his choice for the Riddler, so I've heard of those, like, rumors as well. Uh, Yeah, it's just I've never really heard, like, the closest I've heard to mentions of Burton working with Riddler are the first one being the Julie Hickson treatment uh, back in 1985, I think, where it was just like every Rogues Gallery member shows up at the circus before Robin, Robin's parents are killed. And then the other is the mention of Riddler at the end of Daniel Waters' first draft of Batman Returns. But it's just a mention uh, where uh, to the Punch and Juliet, who became Josh and Jen in the, in the movie, uh, are basically talking about, oh, maybe we should get hired by the Riddler because Max Shrek and Penguin are dead at that point, and then they get blown up. So <laughs> they're not going to get hired. <laughs> all these you listed earlier, they're all internet just made up by... In- they're all internet made up stuff, so I'm yeah. just correcting that now, taking the opportunity to, because this project that we're about to talk about is the closest we would have gotten to Burton continuing the Batman world, not including the Batman musical, as we talked about in that one episode last year. But yeah, this is the spinoff that they wanted to do, and that's why they even added the shot at the end where Catwoman is looking at the bat signal. Because remember, that was not yeah. the original script. That wasn't even Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't even think that was a stunt woman. I think that was that may have been an animatronic or some sort of just animatronic thing. 
yeah, yeah. I think because all you need is just to look up really they couldn't get like some <laughs> extra in a suit <laughs> it is an interesting like body movement though yeah the way it's like the way it does that one yeah I think they did use an animatronic and then they got a stunt double or something wasn't like meshing because I have watched those special features about uh Batman returns and I, I yeah. remember them showing that animatronic yet yeah, it's like it's weird up. yeah like a last shot they wanted to tie in there you could have just brought in her stunt double. I mean, I think that's going to be a lot easier than creating an animatronic Catwoman for yeah. one two-second shot, you know? But yeah. whatever. Uh, so Burton did bring back a couple people from Batman Returns. Obviously, Michelle Pfeiffer was going to come back to reprise her role as Selena Kyle. Uh, Denise Denovi, who was the producer on Batman Returns, was coming back. And the screenwriter, Daniel Waters, was coming back. Let's talk about this for a second. Michelle Pfeiffer sure. was huge at this time because of this movie. I was mm-hmm. like 10 or something when it came out and Michelle Pfeiffer was like one of the biggest actresses in the world to me. Well, you know, I didn't mm. know that many, but I was, yeah. you know, of course she was Catwoman. And mm. like after that, it's like she wasn't in much, at least not on my radar. Yeah. No, I Like agree. what happened with Michelle Pfeiffer? She became the Wasp. <laughs> that's true. She's in that, but <laughs> she that's got, like she twenty years into the, later. She disappeared in the quantum realm. Didn't you see Ant Man and the Wasp? <laughs> she's been in the quantum realm this whole time. I I think she speaks French fluently. And when I went to Paris one time in two thousand eight, first mm-hmm. time ever going to Europe, I saw there was she was in French movies. Michelle Pfeiffer was Ooh. in. You know, she was an actress over there for a while. I don't know. Maybe she did that. I don't know. I, I haven't done a huge fucking IMDb deep dive on this, but uh. sh- her career might be more interesting than we than we might think. I mean, Keaton kind of disappeared for a while, and then suddenly it was like Birdman, Spider-Man Homecoming, The Founder, Spotlight. He was in, like, suddenly he's, like, back, back. So, you know, Have you seen The Founder? That time. shit's fucking good. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's good. It's actually, like, why act- is this movie so good? It's definitely on my list. I, I want to watch it too, mm-hmm. mainly because Michael Keaton is in it. But I did hear yeah. it was very good. Nice. Oh, dude, it's it's weird. My, McDonald's let that movie exist because it's not. <laughs> they don't paint <laughs> not it. Flattering. Not flattering at all. Like he, mm-hmm. Ray Kroc, Michael Keaton, Ray Kroc is a sleazebag, and it's <laughs> it's great. It's fucking mm-hmm. great. Oh man. So yeah, no, I'll I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, uh, but. Daniel Waters is the man who wrote the original draft of Batman Returns, as well as wrote this draft for Catwoman. He, I have a few quotes from him on this project specifically, not just Batman Returns. Uh, so he was interviewed by another podcast where we thankfully have all these, all this information. So one of those things is that <laughs> he wanted to do Batman without Batman is his thing, because I think you can clearly tell, as much as we're Batman Returns fans here, Catwoman was kind of his main priority in terms of a character to flesh out uh with penguin maybe secondary and, and batman maybe like towards the bottom of the main characters just in comparison uh to just how fleshed out you know selena and oswald were uh, selena especially uh they were influenced by a few older films uh, burton made waters watch the original film cat people uh the original version from like the 1930s, also influenced by films called Birdie, uh, Kitten with a Whip, which sounds very tailor-made for Catwoman. Apparently that's an old Anne Margaret movie. Uh, And Freaks by Todd Browning. Uh, And so all of this information is from the Locust uh, Files podcast. Freaks is an older older, uh, horror movie? Yeah, 1930s or so, yeah. Uh, Okay, I I think that influenced the Ramones, I think, actually, for... uh, Hmm. 
for Maybe. the for the song Pinhead. I think that's the right song. Anyway, mm. uh, let's see. On the record, Waters said that he and Burton would have preferred to do an old school 1930s version of this, where it's a black and white movie and Selena goes to a small town haunted by her past as Catwoman, and how like she wouldn't really get to reclaim the Catwoman or be in the costume until like the finale. Uh, but they knew that's not very commercial at all. So they went with something that is along those lines, but with the flavor of a blockbuster superhero action film at the same time. So uh, before we get into this, we'll go around the table. Before you know, Do you wish we would have gotten this type of film, or at least a spinoff or continuation on Michelle Pfeiffer, before we even go into what it was? Take it, Zach. Oh, Absolutely. I think she's one of the best parts of Batman Returns. And mm-hmm. uh, I know I recently said that I don't feel like any version of Catwoman has held a candle to her as much as mm-hmm. I like Eartha Kid and Julie Newmar. Um, don't like Anne Hathaway very much. And <laughs> I want to see what Zoe, Zoe Kravitz does. But I mean, that's the first Catwoman I saw when I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up on like Batman and Batman Returns. So yeah, I would have loved to have seen her um, take on the role of that character again. Yeah. No, absolutely. Andrew? Yeah, like Zach said, Batman 66 was not on Nick at Night, and it was mm-hmm. hard to watch. Uh, I mean, we just couldn't find it. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have VHSs of it. Actually, what, it was like a long-ass dispute. Like, it wasn't released on home for the longest-ass time. For a long time. Now it is, but uh, it's it took a long time So for that it to was happen. like, I was aware of that, but like Zach said, this was our first Catwoman, and... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, her presence is insane. Like when you think of this movie, it's almost to the level of Ledger's Joker. Like mm-hmm. she kind of outshines almost everybody else. Although everybody else is doing a really fucking good job, but she's just her level of being deranged and she starts out more than like normal for the most part, right? But then she has the switch unlike yeah. Max Shrek, unlike the penguin uh so i think you kind of feel for her more in that movie and uh yeah sh- I, I mean i what was the question what would we want to see this movie yeah i want to see this yeah. movie it would have been it would have been awesome yeah you know more and you know more movies just set in that gotham too like uh, burton's gotham would have been so cool and uh you know yeah and like mm-hmm. uh, what's her name um ann hathaway it was sometimes good for I Nolan's. forget she was Catwoman. Yeah, sometimes it was I good forget. for Nolan. <laughs> yeah. Let's be, I'm uh, gonna be positive. It was good for Nolan's tone, yeah. but mm-hmm. it, Michelle Pfeiffer is still kind of like the queen. I agree with the assessment that she's kind of the Heath Ledger of the Catwoman role in the fact that it's not the traditional take at all. As I pointed out in our Batman Returns deep dive, she doesn't actually steal anything <laughs> in the whole thing, but you almost don't care about that at all uh, because of the fact that it doesn't have anything to do with her story you feel for her you want her to go after Christopher Walken uh, and it's yeah. she makes such an impact she steals the show of that it's a, it's a show that's already with such a stellar cast of characters in that as well so it's a, it would have been fantastic just to see her in the role again regardless of what you think of the upcoming script that I'm about to go into I know we're going to go into this script and not Batman Returns we already did that but I, I might have forgotten if we've covered this before, but right. the fact like she uh, Catwoman falling off a cliff and then licked being licked by a bunch of cats that was a Burton <laughs> thing, right? Like that was not bef- in the comics ever before. No, no, the idea of the the cats licking her, no. yeah, 
Okay, and what about the level of derangement that she has in the movie? That's generally not a Catwoman thing either. Not not really. She's usually kind of like beforehand, I'd say the Julie Newmar, Lee Merriweather, Eartha Kitt version of Catwoman was true to the Silver Age, where it was yeah. she was kind of just a female villain. The right. main difference between her and Penguin, though, was that she flirted with Batman. But right. otherwise, like she still schemed, she still had henchmen, she still like <laughs> did crimes. Yeah. You know, it's it was it wasn't too different. Uh funny okay. enough, I think Lee Merriweather is actually my first Catwoman. Interesting. I had 89 on VHS, but I didn't have returns on VHS until I was in middle school. So okay. probably because my parents, I think, thought it was too dark. Oh, so yeah. I had 89, and I watched the shit out of that, and then I had the Batman 66 movie. And so my okay. Catwoman was Lee Merriweather in her you know, only appearance in, in that role. Well, I okay. mean, this was Batman Returns of Michelle Pfeiffer's only appearance in that, but it, it was... It just kind of gave the basic idea of what that dynamic was. And then when I grew up and I saw the Michelle Pfeiffer version, of course, that was mind-blowing. Uh, right, right, To see right. that. So it was good. I feel like it was good to see the sort of classic take and then see how different she would be. It's kind of like growing up with the Mark Hamill Joker and then seeing what Heath Ledger does with it in There's 2008. Some, I know There's we grew up with it. said about that. Mm-hmm. We grew up with it, and we're biased because of that. But there's even though like Pfeiffer being more deranged in a Burton way, something about it just works, you know. Yeah, definitely. It's just yeah, it's just weird. But uh, okay, I'm now ready for the script, Ben. Uh, we're gonna go into <laughs> it. So I know Andrew, you haven't read this. No, right. Zach, have you had a chance to read this? I haven't read the script, but I did do my own research into um, you know what what was this uh, Catwoman spinoff that did not happen. Mm. And I feel like I actually remember reading stuff about it or hearing about it throughout my life. Like just once the internet became more prevalent and all right. the blogs and stuff like that, I started to like see more little inklings about it and reading mm-hmm. about it. But no, I'm very much a newcomer as to what the script is okay. all about. Oh, goody. All right. So <laughs> this is going to be an interesting ride for you guys. So, First off, I know Andrew said, like, it would have been great to see Burton's Gotham again. And you would have seen it for two scenes. Oh, great. So. <laughs> then she goes to Bloodhaven. <laughs> she go, but I don't know if Bloodhaven even existed. She in goes this time. to Jersey. Okay. This, is, this is written around 94, 95. So we only see flashbacks of her time in Gotham where apparently she was found injured and brought to the ER with amnesia. Again. Okay. So she has no memories of what happened in Batman Returns. That's and, okay. All yeah. right. Her mom decides to take her to the main setting of this, which is a fictional resort spot called Oasisburg. This is not a city in the comics. This is made up by Daniel Waters. Oasisburg kind of feels like a mix of Las Vegas and Disneyland as this sort of huge tourist trap city. Uh, so right off the bat, I admit this already kind of lost me because this feels inconsistent with the ending of Batman Returns where we saw her uninjured at the rooftop looking at the bat signal and they made the whole animatronic just for that shot only for them to be like, wait, never mind, she was injured and she has amnesia now. Um, and even without that... This does not sound good, Ben, already. Even without that, it feels, <laughs> it feels repetitive because I'm like, do I really need to see her like pretty much be the same Selina from the beginning of Batman Returns and become Catwoman again in the spinoff. I feel like this, we've already gotten the whole origin out of the way. It just seems so common for the time, like the mid-90s. Like, we have a beloved shit all throughout the comics, but let's kind of make <laughs> our own thing because comics are for nerds. 
you know what I mean? Yes. Like fifty it's, years it's, of history here. Let's, it's just uh, so, annoying. so annoying, so <laughs> annoying. So uh, let's go a little further into this. Oasisburg seems like a happiest place on earth kind of place, uh, but it's also clearly a place where women are repressed. Uh, so there's a psychologist. A female psychologist, interesting enough, who's written a book called The Catwoman Complex, in which she says that, uh, quote, women's pursuit of power turned them into monsters. Quote, stop trying to be Catwoman and start trying to be women. So basically, she's for the patriarchy and putting every woman back in their place, so this to is say. A, this is a character in the in the a character, script. Yeah. Okay. yeah, a very minor character, but she's one of the first characters we meet, and so it kind of sets the tone for the themes that we're going to be playing around with here, which makes sense because we were already playing around with them a little bit in Batman Returns, but now Selina's in the driver's seat. So She finds the woman, a cat woman, relying too much on sex for power, and therefore it's not actually a step forward feminism-wise. Is that what we're talking about? She seems like an anti-feminist. This character, her, okay. her name is Doctor Doctor Small, I think. <laughs> Funny enough, so Doctor Small seems to be very much not for any sort of progressive thinking. Uh, Selena, I'm perfectly right now, okay for us three dudes to walk into the landmine <laughs> that is feminism. The talk of yes. feminism. <laughs> Selena here it. is relegated. So Selena is now relegated to being a cocktail waitress at a casino called Frank's Fun Palace and forced to wear skimpy clothing by the owner, Frank, who sort of sexually harasses everyone. Funny enough, probably because of the name Frank and it's always Sunday in Philadelphia, I pictured Danny DeVito as Frank. Obviously, he <laughs> wouldn't be in this, but that would be hilarious if he was. <laughs> and Selena was like, you wow. remind me of somebody. Um, but it, it would be, he would honestly be perfect and I couldn't help picturing him, uh, obviously, outside the, the penguin makeup on this. Uh, she one of the outfits she's given is a midriff showing one and she gets shamed by her co-workers who, because of the fact that people can see the surgical scars on her stomach which are the bullet wounds from Max Shrek so okay. these are all like little things that sort of give her like what happened to me sort of feeling she doesn't quite know what happened in Gotham uh, we don't get any appearances from Batman or Bruce Wayne no flashbacks of Penguin or Max Shrek but we do actually get to meet one character from Batman Returns who we never really saw and that was Selina's mom because Selina's oh, mom she's on the phone the, she's, yeah she's on the phone she's on the answering machine and I could funny enough I could not find the name of the actress who supplied the voice for that there's nobody credited in Batman Returns so if anybody happens to know who the actress was who did that for all I know it might have been Michelle Pfeiffer putting on a voice who knows um, but She's actually in this. We see Selena's mom. She's an actual character who seems somewhat verbally abusive to Selena, not surprisingly, considering what we uh, heard on the answering machine. Uh, and at one point she says, quote, I forgot to tell you, you're on a diet. The fact you're still reasonably pretty is the one thing you got going for you. Wow. So okay. that's Selena's mom. Uh, obviously, I picture Julie Newmar or Lee Merriweather as Michelle Pfeiffer's mom, but Burton likely would have gone for neither. Uh, but I couldn't help but picture like this would be kind of a way to have them cameo in this. They weren't doing that then. There were no like yeah, fun, no, fun no, nods. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, typically, Selena's mom in recent comics, especially during that time, had committed suicide. So this is kind of a change to have Selena's mom alive and living with her and taking care of her in this city that is also not in the comics. And Dark Knight um, Rises, they talk about she's from like a real shitty part of Gotham or something and grew up like having to take care of herself from a I don't know yeah, that's probably yeah, great I mean, just for that movie 
they they sort of went with a comic book version where her parents really weren't around much or they were not either they died and she was an orphan on the streets or they just weren't around for her any of those sorts of scenarios so okay uh, this is a version where her mom was very pretty much in her life and kind of missed what happened in Batman Returns because if you think about it, Batman Returns only takes place in like a few days, so naturally she wouldn't tell her mom about all that stuff. But okay, she's a character in this. Uh, the next character who has a minor role but an important one is a homeless woman who keeps following Selina around, and Daniel Waters has given her the character name quote Mexican Hag. <laughs> this is I'm just. What? <laughs> Waters, I'm just going to call her the homeless woman. <laughs> How did Waters deliver so hard with Batman Returns? And now we're missing the mark, seems like, with the script. Well, lot, remember, so if you guys have heard, the listeners have heard our Batman Returns script deep dive, I did not like Daniel Waters' original Batman Returns draft, even though it set aside the, the blueprint. I had a hard time getting through it. For the I was lucky enough to already have had some notes before I even prepped that episode because I didn't really want to reread it again. So already, the first five to ten pages of the script, I'm like, I think I made a terrible mistake picking this as like the, <laughs> the end of your episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm going to call this character the Homeless Woman. Uh, so Selena's mom allows the homeless woman to sort of live with them, kind of. She's like in this hut that's like outside of the house in Oasis. Yeah, Bird. if she's a one-off character, why the fuck is she Mexican anyway? This just it I could don't be know. anybody. <laughs> it was <laughs> Waters was very specific <laughs> on this. Okay, All right. uh, but it, what happens is Selena's mom seems to know that this homeless woman found Selena in Gotham, and took her to the ER in the first place. So she kind of feels like she owes her daughter's life to this homeless woman, who, again, is unnamed. No explanation on how this homeless woman went all the way from Gotham to Oasisburg just to follow them. But And there's no real explanation for her purpose. She kind of shows up, seems to know Selena's Catwoman, but if we, if I were to rewrite this and remove the whole amnesia aspect, this her entire role is unnecessary. Uh, yeah. Let's see. So Selena ends up meeting two potential love interests on her job as a cocktail waitress. One is a rich architect named Brock Leviathan. <laughs> I was, <laughs> Big old Burt Ward dick. I was uh, I was picturing a Mark Paul Gossler type <laughs> on this. I'm picturing uh, a Joe Manganello type. Oh yeah, I Just guess some I guess tall so. dreamboat motherfucker. I, I was I was kind of picturing a more like waspy blonde dude the way that this guy's written because he's supposed to be like a rich he's supposed to be a rich fuck oh okay on this. he's right. kind of a Mark, Mark Leviathan Brock Leviathan Brock. yeah the Brock oh, sounds waspy as Brock fuck Leviathan yeah Brock John Leviathan like those twin, <laughs> like those twins in fucking um, Facebook <laughs> the Facebook movie what the fuck were they called the Winklevoss. Oh, uh, the Winklevoss twins, yeah. Whoever. Army Hammer? <laughs> yeah. Was Army, yeah, Army Hammer type Hammer, of blonde. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other is a journalist dude named Lewis Lane. Not Lois Lane, but Lewis Lane. I have a feeling this is just a play on Lois Lane, and since the genders are reversed, Catwoman's the hero, and Lewis Lane's the Lois Lane here. Um, it's said that he has written stories about the Corto Maltese just like Vicky Vio in Batman 89. So this is kind of the only 1989 Batman movie reference we get in here. Uh, so, so far, what I've laid out sounds pretty dreadful, but here's where things get interesting. So, <laughs> Oasisburg. <laughs> Oasisburg. Oasisburg is, also, just the... <laughs> okay, anyway. Imagine if it was Otisburg. Otisburg. <laughs> Otisburg. Uh, is, it's being protected by a League of Superheroes 
called the Cult of Good. So the Cult of Good, uh, also another Daniel Waters creation. Don't expect to find this in your latest DC comics. Uh, here are the members of the Cult of Good. We got Mammoth, who's kind of the strong, dumb one. Uh, Spooky, who seems to be a skilled fighter. Adonis, who's this good-looking guy with a jetpack. Uh, Cactus, <laughs> who has like a gun arm. Uh, but their main, the main leader, who we'll talk about a lot, is uh, Captain God. That's his okay. name. The superhero <laughs> named Captain God. Again, this we're the mid '90s. Look, you, if you're younger, listening to this, you have it so good. This was so common. Instead of uh, you know going into our catalog that we have the fucking rights to, and we can totally use, we're going to make up some fucking extra bullshit. Mm. Sure, new characters are welcome sometimes. I get it. But yeah. why not just introduce somebody from the fucking mythos already? You right. know? This is... I'm not alone in this fucking um, opinion, right? No, of course not. Of course not. However, okay. as I go further into it, uh, you'll kind of see why... So he, here's how I, I felt about it as I was going through it. Because I had the initial same reaction. I was like, look, Batman Returns, he kind of pulled it off on here. But... My problem with his original script for Batman Returns was that it was like he was sort of making fun of comics and the source material and the commercialism of Batman while writing a Batman movie. And so it kind of felt yeah. a little repetitive and self-indulgent. Yeah. But now Catwoman's the only comic book character and everyone else is his own character, is his own character, his own original one. So now it's like, well, yeah, I wish that he picked somebody from the comics, but given what he's trying to do here and what you're about to see what he does with these characters, I'm like... You know what? I don't mind it because it's his own thing. He's not fucking around with, you know, he's not. He doesn't have Batman talking about how he's been reduced to being on merchandise anymore, like he did in his draft of Batman Returns. Now it's like a whole separate character who gets to do his own thing. And there was supposed to be a Batman store in Batman Returns, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Batman was going to be like, now they put me on like mugs and stuff, and this is what I've been reduced to. And now he hates the people of Gotham just as much as the villains do. I'm like, I don't think we need any of this shit when I was reading his original take on that. Okay, I'm going to try to accept this movie for what it is now. He's, <laughs> he's left Gotham because she has amnesia. If she's around too much Gotham shit, she won't be able... She'll be reminded too much of what happened so he wants script wise he wants to keep the amnesia going I can, I can get I can understand that I don't know why she's in this new town but okay other thing he doesn't want the baggage of all these characters from 50 years or before well, or more yeah, you, before so he creates his own fucking thing in this whole new town so he it can twist it however he wants sense. yeah yeah he kind of yeah. he can twist it however he wants it's kind of just like at the end of the day Max Shrek is kind of cool because he he's his own character and and I feel like if you just renamed him Rupert Thorne in Batman Returns it would kind of lose something. I want to see Max Shrek in the feels, comics. They should have yeah. brought Max Shrek back in yeah. Rebirth. So there's something cool about having Max Shrek in there even though he's not a comic book character whatsoever. But he plays Flash his goes role through well. the Speed Force and is like, "Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> who are you?" <laughs> so, Flash. So uh, Selena at one point chases after. What universe okay. is this? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say, this Captain God thing has got me going. So Captain God, have, you, have either of you are you familiar with this character called Bible Man? Yes, yes, yes. That's what I see when you say Captain God is Bible Man. And oh, it's okay. Like, Rubbery purple outfit. Okay, so right. he Did, he has he, a whole he, uh, crossed over with <laughs> Veggie Tales, right? Yeah. I think there was a crossover. 
<laughs> I don't doubt so, it. Okay, so Captain God is kind of just called this because he's the leader. There's no actual like Christian themes with him. I would think that, which is he's funny, because I would think Daniel God, Waters bitch. would do that. Yeah, like I would think Daniel Waters would do that. But <laughs> in this version, he's like he's got a helmet with the voice box type of thing. Like he's he's full done up as like I'm the big like armored hero type of thing. I'm outside so, of religion. I'm just yeah. God, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm God myself. So uh, Selena is not really paying much attention to the cult of good or anything like that. She's just trying to get from day to day past her abusive. You know, her abusive mom, her abusive boss, her abusive job, all those things. And is trying to get away from this homeless woman who keeps following her. So at one point, she's just like, okay, stop following me to the homeless woman. And she ends up falling conveniently through a sewer grate um, manhole into the Cult of Goods hideout. Cult and of there, Good. Rubber duck. <laughs> yeah, there's a giant rubber duck. <laughs> <laughs> and Danny DeVito turns around and he's like, hi. So... <laughs> That would be awesome, actually. Repeat. <laughs> I'm still alive. Rinse and repeat so, the villain, I guess, but okay. Uh, no, but it turns out... So here's why it's the Cult of Good and not the Justice League, is that the Cult of Good is actually running crime in Oasisburg. They were... We saw them stopping a whole bunch of robbers. Turns out they were working with the robbers to get a cut and have been secretly running crime the entire time. And Captain God is the crime boss. Uh, and he ends up, we see him put one of the robbers who tries to double-cross them into a death trap called the car wash that seems to kill that guy. So Selena's a witness the to car wash, this. like, full of acid rain. <laughs> that's the kind of Stu- shit. It's I, stuff like that, That's yeah. the shit that ki- kids think of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Selena tries to escape uh, because she's been in there, but they hear... They hear something, and the homeless woman shows up and sort of covers for Selena, and the cult of good assume that she's the intruder, and so they end up killing the homeless woman. Uh, Selena is sad, and she feels that she owes the homeless woman for saving her, and as she's over the homeless woman's dead body, she finds the key to the woman's hut, and so she goes to the hut, you know, the hut that's outside of the place where Selena's mom has allowed this woman to stay. It's called a hut in the script. It's called a hut in the script. That's why I keep calling it that, yeah. So this is like a she- homeless person's house of some sort yeah pretty much so she unlocks the hut and inside because this is the woman who found her in gotham she finds the catwoman outfit and then she remembers who she is so why does a homeless woman just has this outfit yeah because she kept it for safekeeping she i think she stripped selena down from the catwoman suit and then put her in the hospital so that she would recover and then held on to the suit for whenever she needed it. It's not explained at all because this woman is dead in the first like 15 pages. So we have no idea what was going on. Was here. it ever explained? Sorry to go back. Would it ever explain why she had amnesia? Uh, Maybe from the explosion from when she killed Max. Recurring kind of problems the... from falling off of that <laughs> roof or whatever? I guess so, yeah. Falling off no, and it's being pushed off. Yourself. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. If I were to rewrite this, it would have been just she is leaving Gotham. She's just trying to move on from her life. And she figures, like, okay, go to a place that's already protected. Then there's the cult of good. And then she stumbles upon the fact that they're bad guys. It's like this version of Catwoman, uh, like the Burton version, you could also kind, mm-hmm. of, kind of tweak it to where it has, uh, I don't know, like make her a sympathetic character that has, um, you know, brain injury. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe yeah. no other Catwoman don't have that, but this one does, and they could have played with that maybe a little more. They could have. They definitely don't in the script. <laughs> so I'm just <laughs> letting you know. <laughs> don't worry about that. It's kind of like 
she's like, hey, I'm back to being Catwoman now. So in revenge for this homeless lady who she just met like two minutes ago uh, and saw die, she starts terrorizing Oasisburg. She destroys a sign. She stops an abusive mom from hitting her child. She starts destroying merchandise. The cult of God show up to stop her and Catwoman basically kicks their asses. Uh, there's a lot of different wacky action here. Captain God shoots her and she whips her head back and spits out a bullet. Can I'm we like, get a description of works. Captain God again? Does he have superpowers? <laughs> at least, like the guy he seems with- like another. He's like another armored superhero guy, but he doesn't really have any. None of these guys seem to really have uh, like traditional powers. They just seem to have like cool costumes, from what I saw. Is he like a right wing guy then? Or like really religious? I think you're thinking too into it. <laughs> I think he's called God, again. I think man. he's called Captain God because he's the leader of these godlike superheroes. There, that's about it. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a tie into any Christian stuff. <laughs> Just okay. You're All trying right. to add some subtext to here where there was none. I'm, uh, you're trying to write a better movie. Look, Andrew. I'm sorry, but you have the fucking <laughs> character named Captain God. You're gonna fucking think some shit. Just like he thought a Bible man. That makes that's a that's a perfect fucking you know that makes sense mm-hmm. to go in that direction. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no. Captain God is in a fight with Catwoman. Catwoman ends up biting his hand to wound him. I guess the only thing that doesn't cover him is his hand. Um, and then she ends up escaping. Uh, and then we get two reveals here. One where Catwoman follows one of the members home. Uh, remember, I said there was one named Spooky, who was a skilled fighter. And Spooky takes off the costume and Catwoman, and the audience discover that Spooky is actually a woman. So that's interesting. Uh, and then Catwoman goes home, and Captain God follows Catwoman home and finds that she's Selina. And on top of that, more interestingly enough, Captain God seems to recognize Selina. So okay. things are getting interesting here. But the basic plot, as you can tell now, is that Catwoman, it's basically Catwoman versus these superheroes who are actually supervillains. It basically comes off like Catwoman versus the hero, the superheroes, quote-unquote, from the boys, but way before the boys was ever written and is yeah, seen as a like a parody on Highlanders. superheroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so we get back to Selina on her job, and just like in Batman Returns, she kind of has... A renewed confidence. She tells off Frank, the Danny DeVito type character, <laughs> when he tries to, you know, be suggestive to her, and uh, she runs into her potential, you know, love interest again. So first, there's Brock, the the waspy guy. He's a rich architect who helped build Frank's fun palace, and he also has a British butler named Jeff. Jeff. Uh, <laughs> Jeff L. No, uh, Selena says she vaguely remembers going out with a guy who had a British butler. Um, is it so like G off like that? G- no, it's G-Raf not. And <laughs> Toys R Us. It should have. It should have been. It should have been. G off. It's, G- it's J. I remember people back in the south. You probably had this experience, uh, Zach. <laughs> that ain't Jeffrey. That's G off. That's G Alfrey. <laughs> that's Jean Claude Van Damme. Anyway, so, Bro- Brock asks her out. <laughs> we were like, oh, we stay away from them. Yeah, those times. Uh, Brock asks her out, and Selena finds... As Brock is asking her out, she looks at his hand and finds that it's wound, it's been wounded. He's got a bandage over it. And she realizes he might be Captain God. Uh, and then later on, she meets the other potential love interest, Louis Lane, and they flirt. And she sees that his hand is also bandaged, which means he could be Captain God. So now we have two potential... This is honestly kind of clever on Waters' part, because he doesn't just go for the easy, like, oh, there's the bandage, this is the bad guy. Selena... He's not sure which one is the supervillain and which one is like a guy who's like a viable, you know, who's actually a good person who she can trust. 
and that kind of makes it a more complicated version than what we saw in Batman Returns, where, again, like, the advantage of Batman Returns is we knew the secret identities. We know Bruce Wayne is Batman before we even go see the movie. We know Michelle Pfeiffer's playing Catwoman before we see the movie. Right. Here, however, you don't know because Captain God's not a character in the comics. He doesn't have an assigned identity. You don't know, you know, in terms of whether he's a supervillain. There's no Oswald Cobblepot secret name here. So right. that's what they're playing around with. And so Selena has no idea what to do when it comes to Brock versus Lewis because either one of them could be Captain God. <laughs> so Or none of them, right? Or neither of them, really. Yeah, but that's neither, it, he yeah. so I think it's smart on Waters' part to keep you guessing. So what do you guys think so far now that I've filled you in with kind of more of the better scope of what's going on? Go ahead, Zach. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm like you, Ben. I'm such a traditionalist that I'm like, ooh, no, these characters aren't in the comics. I don't like that. And I think the Oasis Berg thing is kind of like just so weird. I agree with you. I wish she just, I wish she just moved to somewhere not too far away from Gotham that still kind of looked like that, but she was just yeah. trying to leave her life behind and mm-hmm. was brought in back into the Catwoman identity because bad things around her were happening or she you know she yeah. was forced back into it rather than the amnesia thing yeah so yeah yeah I'm, i, I don't mean, need I mean, another amnesia thing where it goes but yeah the i think it's the characters that water's just made up they're <laughs> in my mouth <laughs> all right andrew yeah i said i'm trying to accept it i'm like you know when i first heard that like i had the same thoughts that zach had but uh mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to move towards acceptance, but it is, it's just having no relationship at all to anything in the comics at all. That that kind of thing is just always so so frustrating as a comic mm-hmm. book fan, and <laughs> it doesn't automatically make it a bad movie though. So right, right. So we'll I kind of just see. I had to get used to this because in the beginning, again, I was like, I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> like, why Why am I reading this? I need to tell Zach we, we're changing the schedule. We're just going to go for Catwoman's history and comics. Um, the, the, but, the other thing is like, I, not being in Gotham is such a mistake probably also because you, you, it's just well, so part of it. And it's like it's some film school shit to say, but yeah. like your setting is a character. Gotham is a character and mm-hmm. you're missing this like Burton's Gotham is awesome and like we're we're just missing that where we're in Vegas come, right but I come mean on, man. also picture though I mean sure continuity might not have been as big of a thing then as it was as it is now with the MCU and all the extended universes and stuff but here this is around the same time that Schumacher's doing Batman Forever so I don't know how much of this is just them saying like yeah Michelle Pfeiffer can have her own movie but keep her away from anything Batman related so possibly lower budget too than creating Gotham. I can see, I see where that's coming from. I mean, potentially we got this whole group of superheroes though. But that's that's not as expensive as making actors cost a lot. They can so uh, you'd be surprised. But to make to make Gotham that that costs probably a shitload. And mm-hmm. you know the. Uh, politics of the time as it were and yeah. they probably didn't want to put a whole lot of money into a Catwoman movie at first 
Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So maybe that's why. I don't know. Potentially, potentially. Or maybe they just didn't want it to have it in that setting. You know, Burton really didn't want Batman Returns to have any connections to Batman 89. And so maybe he just didn't really want this to have any connections to Batman Returns outside of Selina herself. That's so, the thing. The who knows? Batman 89 and Batman <laughs> Returns, are they... <laughs> I know it sounds like almost stupid to <laughs> on ask. On the same Earth, <laughs> I mean, like they talk, they they talk like there hasn't even been a Joker or anything. Like it seems like there's almost no connection between them. Yeah, other than the cast members, most you got the Vicky Vale reference. That's about it. There's one Vicky Vale reference, so we did have that. But other, yeah. it just seems like they almost on in separate timelines. As all, Gotham, you know, Gotham looks different. It's still Burton's Gotham, but it's, it's Bo Welch's Gotham. Not just yeah. Anton first now, uh, and then the Batcave looks different. So it's not. I, look, I, I I'm just. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Let's move on. <laughs> Batman Returns not in the continuity of '89. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Shocking conclusion. It's fine made either way, but it's just funny <laughs> to think about. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So after after the break, we will go into the rest of this and decide what the verdict is on it. But right now, the verdict is. Eh. So we'll continue. We'll continue after the break. He's waking up. Good morning. Good morning, Dick. Uh, what is going on, man? This is okay. I mean, thanks uh, for bringing me here, sweet pad. Uh, but I'm waking up in some basically stranger's house. Again, nice house, but uh. This is, uh, I mean, not cool, man. It's nothing like that. <clears throat> it's it's nothing like that. So I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just I know that your parents were murdered, and mine were murdered too, actually. And I thought, you know, we had a connection, and so I brought you over to Wayne Manor to take care of. You're him. adding a lot of weirdness on top of this already terrible tragedy, man. Uh, I still haven't even processed this, and uh... I imagine I've been there. Trust me. But what helps is that you add yourself to. An outlet, a purpose, something to help you out. That's why I brought you here. You trying to get in my outlet? But I, d- I didn't say anything about that. Don't be insane, kid. Don't be an idiot. And why do you keep going in and out of that of your voice, man? That's a little weird. Are you having like, you know, you need some cough drops or something? I have a cold. Huh. Okay. Well, you know, chicken <coughs> soup. <coughs> yes. Chicken <coughs> soup would be good for that. Uh, you don't have anybody else here, do you? It's just me and my butler, Alfred. Okay. Just us three men in this man. Oh, I've made it worse. Okay, you know what? I'm fucking Batman. Come to me in the Batcave. I'll show you. I've run out of ideas. I'm just going to induct you into this war on crime. That was easy. I'm in. And that's why, everybody, the real reason why Bruce Wayne took Dick Grayson to become Robin. All right, everybody. If you like that sketch right there, we have that plus news. Plus, we're bringing back some opinion pieces and uh, review type stuff and all kinds of stuff in our $5 tier on Patreon. So just go to patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. And if you become part of the $5 tier, you can see these new bonus episodes. Basically, consider it Superhouse DLC. Oh. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such films as Darren Aronofsky's Batman Year One and Joel Schumacher's Batman Unchained. And right now, you're listening to superhero stuff you should know. (laughs) 
And we're back to talk more about the Catwoman movie that was never made, for better or worse. Uh, so we have <laughs> Zach wanted to uh, show us. He's got a little Catwoman thing oh, yeah. on display. Catwoman gloves. Hmm. Yes. For the episode. Yes. Those are awesome. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> very appropriate. Yes. Uh, but yeah, where we left off is Catwoman is unsure of the true identity of Captain God, who, as I said, is is has no Christian ties. He's more of a pagan uh, version of uh, the word. He's, a, he's more of a secular god. <laughs> yeah, he's he's secular. He's secular. <laughs> Captain Secular God. Yeah. Lowercase uh, <laughs> lower god. Lowercase g. Yes. They could have just. I mean, they could have honestly just called him Homelander, and it would have been the same. Except he doesn't have the the superpowers, but still. So that would be uh, John Cena's character. What the fuck is that guy's name? And uh, Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Does he have powers? I don't think so. So he's like a peacemaker type. I I, I think he's yeah he's like Captain America. He keeps saying he's Captain America as a douche. So I imagine he's got the same like somewhat enhanced stuff, but not the same. Right. Yeah, I think it was, so um, Ozzy as well. Oh uh, yeah, Locked that's in. true too. Does he have powers, Ozzy He's just super smart, right? Super smart uh, agility. He catches the bullet. Oh yeah, he is like somewhat super powerful, but mm-hmm. yeah, not like Superman. I don't think. Yeah. Okay, I I forgot about well, the bullet thing. Yes. <laughs> well, the cult of good meet to talk about Catwoman, and one of them says, "Quote: Garfield's girlfriend crossed a line last night, and she's got to get spayed." So those are the type <laughs> of lines that we have. <laughs> and now I know what movie we're in. Okay. Uh, here's where we get some interesting thematic stuff. So we have a montage where we follow a black cat passing through the town where we meet a uh, woman who's just been broken up with. It's a cat another tr- woman. Catwoman training montage? Uh, just a black cat. Okay. It's a montage following this cat. Okay, She's like so doing she, the whip on the beach and shit? There's no... This is not a training montage. <laughs> <laughs> trying to... Stop trying to make this a better movie. So, <laughs> it would have been, would have been incredible. <laughs> By the way... Now that you think about it, I can't think of any movie with a training montage with a woman. Anyway, all right. I mean, wasn't there in Million Dollar Baby? Oh, maybe with that. Basically, if you're Hillary Swank, you get a training montage. I forgot about... Well, anyway, it's been a while since I saw that. I I rented Next Karate Kid on VHS, so that's that's when I saw that movie. And I've Mm -hmm. never seen Million Dollar Baby, so... Got it. Uh, so this black cat is passing through the town and we meet there's a woman who's been broken up with oh, another woman who's being abused by her husband who like basically takes the stuff that she bought and throws it into the street we have another one who's getting calls from a stalker at home so you can see there's a theme going on here of of uh, the type of experiences women are going through in Oasisburg and the cat finally goes home to Selena who's in a hut trying to revamp the homeless woman's She's in like that old like an Italian type mini scooter type thing. Oh, she's Ves- trying to like Vespa? repair that Vespa type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she's trying to reboot that uh, for a bit for her own purposes. Uh, and then Selena goes off to have a date with Brock Leviathan to find out <laughs> if he lives up to his last name. So here Brock, <laughs> she does not get that far though. So Brock claims to have designed. It was interesting. He claims to have designed Gotham Plaza from Batman Returns. Because he's an architect. So, another Batman Returns connection. Okay. Uh, let's see. During the date, though, it gets interrupted because they keep getting surround. They keep finding outside there are a lot of people running around in, specifically women, running around in black cat costumes. And Weird. Selena herself, obviously, is not one of them because she's at the date with 
with Brock. And it turns out we're supposed to recognize that all of these people, all these women in the Catwoman outfits, are the women we met during the montage with the black cat. And so this is a montage of women who have been inspired by Catwoman after seeing her fight the cult of good and everything to rise up against the people oppressing them. Uh, in, there's even a part where one Catwoman imposter turns to the other and says, quote, I'll beat up your husband if you beat up mine. So okay. uh, she sees uh, that Lewis Lane is observing the chaos and could potentially be running off to be Captain God or he's running off to write the story. And meanwhile, Brock ends the date short because he thinks that his warehouse is going to get hit. Or maybe he's Captain God. So Selena has no idea. We don't know way. anything. We got she has. She's just like I still know as little as I did outside. before. <laughs> it's fucking nuts right now. There's a recurring joke that Catwoman is trying to play detective like Batman, but since she's not Batman, all her all of her attempts go to backfire and just give her the same clues that support her previous confusion. So it's kind of funny. Um, but Catwoman in this overall, and here's what we're going with thematically, is that she's seen as a symbol of fighting back against abuse, as we saw in Batman Returns, and it seems like Waters is carrying over this theme into this as well. And that's actually not something that is unique to this type, this take. We've had a couple instances of that, of Catwoman being born from that background. In the comics, in the issue, the autobiography of Bruce Wayne in the 80s, uh, the Catwoman of Earth 2 confesses to Bruce that the real reason she became Catwoman was out of revenge after she married an abusive husband and she wanted to basically take everything from him. And so she donned the Catwoman outfit in order to, uh, you know, take what was his. And then the storyline, Her Sister's Keeper, does actually start off with Selina being found on the street surrounded by cats. Familiar image. This was before Batman Returns, so that's likely what inspired it. Um, but they kept the idea from year one that she was a sex worker working for Stan the Pimp from year one. And she becomes Catwoman to free herself from that life. So both of those were before Batman Returns in the script. And I don't know if Waters actually even read those because he kind of was like, I didn't read the comics. I did my own thing with Batman Returns. Uh, comics are nerds. <laughs> but the, that doesn't change the fact that that theme is still carried over here. And I think it's it's one of those things where I'm just like, I don't think 1995 was ready for this idea. Uh, <laughs> so Waters was woke. Yeah. <laughs> Not Maybe not the Mexican hag. <laughs> I don't. I don't know about the Mexican hag part, but yes, that's true for for He's this not, part specifically. <laughs> maybe not that woke. <laughs> yes. So Catwoman arrives and she decides to gather up the Catwoman imposters to fight against the cult of good. So now, this isn't the boys. This is the Catwoman, if we could say that. Uh, and they end up ganging up against Mammoth and end up killing him. So that's one of the Cult of Good members. And Catwoman ends up confronting Captain God, where there's another Batman Returns reference where he's like, you've used up your nine lives. And she's like, I still have one left. Again, reference oh, to the shit. ending. Um, <clears throat> so Captain God grabs her by the throat, but an arrow hits him. And she looks across the way to find that the arrow has been fired by another Catwoman donned by a significantly older woman who is very familiar, and Selina is like, mom? So Selina's mom is hinted at knowing more than she seems the whole time, being more than capable of what she seems, and potentially being having been some sort of Catwoman before Michelle Pfeiffer, which also supports my idea that maybe this should have, maybe they were actually thinking of having Julie Newmore or Lee Mer Merriweather in this role. This is weird. Uh, <laughs> but... She apparently is really good at archery skills and hits Captain God with her arrow in order to save her daughter, who she also seems to know is Catwoman already. This is... Uh, I don't know. Not good. 
<laughs> I kind of dig the Catwoman, though. I, I yeah. Idea. Her mom is in Vegas just, out just, of nowhere with the costume on and she knows I just archery. Wish, I just wish that there was more of an explanation. Maybe if mom had been doing archery earlier in the film, <laughs> just around the house, then it would be like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, checks out. I have, mm-hmm. an, I have an old school Nick reference for you, Zach. Well, no, sir. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, the next day Oasisburg is in shambles because of all the Catwoman imposters fighting against the cult of good and all of the women kind of go back to being who they were beforehand the mayor thinks the best way to uh, calm everybody is do a whole quote unquote celebration for women wait who were uh, the Catwomen walking around during their date who are those are women? all the, I told you they're the repressed women from before so the woman who was broken up with the woman who had the abusive husband all of those people. Why were they going around with, though like that? Uh, because they were all inspired by Catwoman to fight back against their husbands or their oppressors or basically anybody who was abusing them. And it was a random kind of rally outside of their date. Pretty much, yeah. Like a protest sort of march kind of deal. Less of a protest, more of uh, just attacking people. <laughs> It seemed like, <laughs> and these women, violence. these women are not against necessarily the cult of good. Not necessarily, no, because the cult of good is not has not been established yet as bad guys to the public. Only Catwoman seems to know that they're basically fighting against their own personal villains. So, like the guy who's the stalker, you know, the guys who are abusive to them, all those sorts of things. So they're not quite up against the cult of good until the cult of good show up. To try to be like, hey, like stop that, and then they get into a fight. I think uh, I'm following now, Ben. Thank you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, all of these women go back to who they were before, and the mayor decides the best way to appease the female population is to do a whole quote unquote celebration for Women Day. Very transparent. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> on what he's trying to do. <laughs> and, uh,. Selena decides to go to it, but this time her date is Lewis Lane, her other suspect, because she's also trying to figure out whether he's Captain God or if Brock Leviathan is Captain Low-key biggest dick in that place. <laughs> You'd think it'd be Brock Leviathan, but no, it is no, actually Lewis Lane. Lane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There, Selena finds the cult of good member Spooky, who she found out was actually a woman pretending to be a man. And there's a weird dance sequence between her and Spooky that sort of seems like it's supposed to echo the Selena and Bruce face-to-face dance sequence from Batman Returns. And uh, Selina sort of outs that she knows that Spooky... Well, I mean, she already knows Spooky's a superhero because Spooky is dressed up in that outfit. And she's basically like, why'd you become a superhero? And Spooky brings up, you know, Cult of Good. Uh, You know, they started out trying to do good, but you get caught up and addicted to the thrill of the violence. And uh, Selina, you know, she also brings up that the Cult of Good don't actually know each other's secret identities. They kind of all just met in costumes and decided to do this together. That's interesting. Uh, And uh, since we're going through the theme of rising up against your oppressors and things like that, Selena asked Spooky, quote, I know you're a woman, do you? In terms of, like, why are you still hiding the fact that, you know, who said that you can't be a superhero and a woman at the same time? Like, who said you had to pose to be a man? I think is what the the subtext is on Uh, that. uh, I got you. Following uh, that part. Huh? I'm following that part, yes. Okay. I so, got it. for whatever reason, this leads to Selena changing into Catwoman outfit and Spooky changing back to being, you know, outside of the superhero outfit. Um, and we have a fight in the women's bathroom between Catwoman and Spooky. 
And uh, for whatever reason, this leads to all the other women who were Catwoman imposters donning their outfits and starting to fight each other in, quote, the most multi-layered, full-throttle cat fight in the history of cinema. Is it pretty Waters much... Is, that's what Waters he writes in it? Not made. That's what he writes in it, yes. In the history of cinema is in his script. <laughs> this is... We talked fighting... about this in another, another episode, but you'd be surprised how bare-bones scripts are. Like, it could be like... Not Daniel Waters. <laughs> fights, fight scene. Some, well, yeah, but still, he's not like saying, she throws a punch, other person yeah. blocks. Like, there is none of that, because that's yeah. the fight choreographer's job. The scriptwriter's mm-hmm. job is just to be like, generally, generally mm-hmm. speaking, fight scene here. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's bare bones as fuck. Yeah. It's yeah. not a novel. It's not a novel. It's just, you know, it's a totally different... Uh, Anyway, we we know the fuck. Why am I even going over this? <laughs> but there's some people out there that don't know. Credit. <laughs> Zach, what do you think? Too much credit. He is not low. He's having a <laughs> fight. All these women that were rising up against their oppressors are now going to fighting amongst fight each, each other. other because other people are fighting. Yeah, it's it's dumb. Like this is one of the dumbest parts where I'm just like, wait, like in a women's bathroom too. It just this, it sounds stupid to me. This beforehand sounded cool, and the fact that Catwoman inspires other women to rise up against their oppressors, and and yes. you know, go, and I'm like, okay, I like this idea. We've seen the Batman imposter stuff. It makes sense that there would be a Catwoman imposter right. type threat. But now it's like, now we're all fighting each other because of sibling rivalries or body image issues. They like make a model eat. <laughs> Wait. Trying to get back at her. Also, are they all in the bathroom right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're all in the bathroom, and all the men are waiting outside, just like. <laughs> Did you see Why the do they always the go to the bathroom together? <laughs> it's just some stupid line like that. It's just. So, are you familiar with the Bechtel test? Are you asking me or Zach? Zach, are you? I am not. Okay, for Zach and the audience, go, ahead. go into it, Andrea. The Bechtel test is a simple test. It's, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I'm going off a of memory here, Ben, but mm-hmm. it's it's to test uh, how woke script is. No, but it's a feminist. It's a it's part of a feminist thing. In like if there's if women in a movie never are always their whole character is dependent upon a man, and all their lines are dependent upon men, or their conversations especially are always contingent. Talking to about a guy. Be- one scene at least at least one scene where two of the female characters have a conversation that doesn't have anything to do with, about a male character and it seems like That's almost this this is not passing the Bechtel test <laughs> it, could, so it could be because it's I, I don't know it's just I mean a, a majority <laughs> of the conversations that they're having it is about taking down the cult of good which is mostly men so technically it does not but also it's just it's not necessarily about it's, it's it's the way that I see it, the Bechdel test is there to make sure that there's an equality because you would definitely see scenes of guys talking that have nothing to do with women or the women, women. characters uh, and the similar thing. So it's it's, it's here, to make it, it was, seem like women women yeah. talk about issues and not just the guys in their right. life all the time. Like they talk right. about actual fucking issues mm-hmm. uh, outside of that. And and but no, here there's just a the cat fight. Uh, yeah, uh, the best in all cinema history, apparently. Uh, no, the most multi-layered, full throttle in all history cinema. What does that mean? <laughs> well, multi-layered. He's referring to them fighting over, you know, their own, I guess, character issues and stuff, as opposed to just fighting for. Them. 
how big the bathroom is. And <laughs> I don't know. When you, I'm just picturing it's all in the bathroom. Right, and the, right. They're, somehow the women were in the stalls, and they're hearing this going on, and they, <laughs> and they their, just start grab their catwoman costumes out of their purse or pocket, and then they slip it on and jump out, and everybody starts fighting. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is honestly the most random part of the script. Forget I was the, like, I did not need Forget the wokeness. This. Let's talk about the logistics of this Catwoman, <laughs> Catwoman versus Spooky is is okay but even then it doesn't seem like i like the idea of her again i like the idea of her inspiring catwoman imposters i like the idea of her investigating and talking to spooky and trying to appeal to the fact that like maybe this is somebody i can get through to on that but this is where we get into a huge tangent where it's just like all right we need an action sequence on this specific page and daniel waters is like shit i'm almost at that page time to do the action sequence and so he just decided <laughs> to do this right uh, so while all of them are fighting in the bathroom, all the men are waiting outside, bored, and are just like, so, uh, did you watch the game? And then, of course, the fight gets taken out of the women's bathroom and transfers over to the rest of Frank's fun pa- palace. Spooky knocks Catwoman unconscious, and uh, but gets discovered by the Cult of Good, uh, who find out that Spooky is a woman. And uh, they don't think she belongs, so they start beating on her. What? And uh, yes, Spooky does her own fight. Uh, She quote unquote tips the rest of her body upside down to slam Adonis to the ground with her back heel. Parentheses: a famous maneuver of renowned Hong Kong actress Michelle Kahn. Hint, hint. Michelle Kahn, of course, was the stage name at one point of Michelle Yeoh. So that is Waters' dream casting, I think, for the character of Spooky. Wait, this is like a backward suplex kind of move. This is what it sounds like. She's she with one firmly one leg firmly planted, tips the rest of her body upside down to slam it on. Yeah, I think so. Wait, to the, with her back heel. Go backward. It sounds like a suplex. <laughs> Let's go into the logistics of this part of the fight. <laughs> First, it was the bathroom. <laughs> Look, man, I try to take apart the words on the page. <laughs> So scribe the- waters actually look <laughs> writing a script is hard so we we're, we make fun of it but it is tough yes. and also this yes. guy made a fucking Batman movie so fuck us uh, I know I don't know, <laughs> I know. I, again like look, just- I like I I do love the general okay so just to just to stop real quick like I do love the general idea of Catwoman versus these superheroes, these macho men superheroes who are actually supervillains and the whole, like, the boys before the boys type of thing and the fact that she's joined by Catwoman imposters that can also include her mom is kind of wild. Again, they did not develop that very well, but it's it's kind of a wild idea. I do love, I do like the general premise of it, but the execution in this specific part of the script just feels like Waters being like, I need all this shit to happen. Let me just put it on the paper (laughs) and see what happens. Um, He is basic he is on record saying that he's embarrassed the script is on the internet and that uh quote the internet should not read first drafts so uh <laughs> that's true you can kind of see why when it comes to this it could have just been him clacking away in 1994 late 1994 mm-hmm. just real yeah. quick one quick draft never even made a mm-hmm. second pass at it and then somebody put it on the internet like yeah shortly yeah, exactly. after, like he got screwed in that way like yeah yeah so I understand it, but it, yeah, there are parts yeah. there are parts that are funny. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I like 
how this is a continuation of the themes established in Batman Returns. I like the general premise of it. I like certain, a lot of different scenes in it. I think I could use a lot of rewrites when it comes to the get rid of the amnesia thing, get rid of this random, you know, random ass cat fight, make it more about her relationship with these imposters and and her discovering that she can't just live on her own anymore. That she has, she now like means it's kind of like the whole Batman Begins thing where like now she's a symbol type of thing and she never asked right. to be that. Um, and cat, she starts. The to, cat is a yeah. symbol. This the cat is cat. the cat is a symbol, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cat woman is a symbol, yeah. Like explore with, with with those themes, uh, as opposed to huge cat fights in the women's bathroom, which I get was. I think it's Waters' attempt at spoofing that idea, like spoofing on cat fights and all those ideas. Is just again, it just comes off as like super random and not motivated, and seems like it's just there for the sake of it. In this version, also, uh, going, hopefully, he was going to have some other motivation for that later. In the Ben Cave episode, in which you discuss Batman <laughs> Returns, yes. you talked about Waters didn't like Batman '89. What's this guy's he did problem? Not. He did not. No, he he did not. He he did not like, especially didn't like Robert Wool's Alexander Knox. But okay, um, that's like what two percent of the movie. He just felt that he didn't like the story at all. Not like. Batman Returns has a much better plot necessarily, but I will I, say they probably have better character moments, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily a better plot. I can't trust Batman this guy if he doesn't like Batman 89. <laughs> <laughs> it's like somebody that doesn't like dogs. It's it's weird because his Batman Returns comes <laughs> off as like he was hired to write a Deadpool type Batman spoof as the sequel to Batman 89, and it just doesn't really work. But that's also kind of why Batman Returns feels a lot more quirky and comedic in some ways than 89 at the same time. But it's right. still, it mostly worked because of the rewrites. It mostly worked because of Wesley Strick, who came on and did the final draft and cut a lot of the bullshit that Waters had there. So if Strick came on to this Catwoman script, he would have uh, punched it up. He, he oh Yeah, hopefully uh, on this, but... <laughs> Some of that know, strict punch-up. <laughs> this, this needed a strict punch-up, but at least for the... this. Honestly, this sequence here is where I'm just like, this is weird. This is like this is definitely the down point of it. So, you know, because the cult of good is so misogynistic, they end up killing Spooky for being a woman. Really? But it's mostly, be, it's mostly because they she betrayed them, I guess, in not telling them who she was, but also... They don't know who each other are. So, again, this is one of those things I'm just like, this does not feel very motivated. Um, the Cult of Good escape and Catwoman shows up and dying. Spooky gives her a disc with their secrets. I guess she just happens to be carrying this disc around. Um, and there's a funny beat where Catwoman objects and she's like, you know, how she's not a detective. And she's like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, put it in a computer and hack something? I don't know how to do that. Uh, <laughs> but Spooky tells her to save the city. And uh, as she dies, she gives her a gold object that Catwoman doesn't know what to do with yet. So she's got a whole bunch of stuff. She's got a disc. She's got Spooky's dying words. She's got this gold object. She decides to go after the disc first and finds that the Cult of Good have actually... This is not the first city that they have ruled. They've taken the guises of other characters, other superheroes in the past, and gone from city to city, run crime there, and then when they get bored, they fake their own deaths in a heist uh, at the end and run off with the money. So they've both basically been playing off as good guys and bad guys. So the cult is planning a heist before they leave the city, which means that Catwoman needs to figure out whether Brock or Lewis is Captain God. So she decides to get to the bottom of it uh, and 
but she's not the world's greatest detective, so she invites both of them to sit down in a meeting where she just reveals everything. So together in a room, she tells them both that she's Catwoman, and uh, Lewis bring and and says that she suspects one of them is Captain God, and she wonders why. You know why she found both instances of Rock and Lewis in these previous cities where the cult of good was. So she still has no idea which one is which, which one is the Captain God. And Lewis brings up, well, I've been following them because I've been trying to expose them because I'm doing that as a reporter. And then Brock Leviathan says, well, they killed my sister in their first attack, so I want revenge on them. So they ask, well, Selena, did you think that maybe neither of us is Captain God? And Selena well, is confused. And Waters has her then just end up kissing both men and bolting. What? So <laughs> I am like, that's not the great way to end this scene. <laughs> <laughs> turns out it's her mother. Oh, <laughs> it turns out her mother is Captain God. <laughs> it's a. Uh, <laughs> it's fr- it he's, he, the he just saw the. Egg all along. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome, actually. <laughs> it's Blue Beetle's mother. <laughs> So she's confused and she goes home to the hut where she gets captured by the cult of good right afterwards. Uh, and they capture her and bring her to Captain God. So Captain God has this speech. Powdered toast man. Do you have any idea how much superheroes get paid? Zilcho. Urban vigilantes with secret identities operating outside the law. Not exactly the stuff of a W-2 form. If it wasn't for merchandising and corruption and these diabolical missions, there is no such thing as heroes and villains anymore, Selena. These are only winners and losers. You lost. We won. So yeah, that's Captain God, everybody. <laughs> so He's Homelander. <laughs> they put her through, yeah, pretty much. Again, like, I kind of like that they. <laughs> I don't think Homelander says Zilcho, but I mean, I like, I do like that they play with. This. Again, I like the premise. I like this the way that they play with the themes here. We can argue about the, you know, a lot of the execution, especially with the stuff that just happened, is <laughs> leaves much to be desired. But I at least like the <laughs> the ideas behind what they're what he's trying to play around with. Yeah. Um, so he decides to put her through the same car wash death trap as the robber before. So I think there is acid in that. Is it? Um, that would be cool, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so she has to escape from this deadly car wash and escapes and uh, it's basically just so takes out silly. one of the it, cult of good. It's silver agey, <laughs> I guess. But yeah, like the, a, a pristine car. No, not pristine because it's in his car wash. But, you know, a regular car goes in and it's just like fucking molten shit on the way out. It plays working at the car wash as it's going. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's some Joker shit, actually. That's yeah, like yeah. mixing comedy with, with tragedy like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So here she escapes, sends one of the cult of basically Adonis, the guy with the jetpack. She sets off his jetpack, and so he ends up flying into oblivion. Is so Captain the God the, the leader, by the way? Yeah, that's why he's captain. And it's a, he's a god of the cult. Yeah. Okay. The cult of good. That's why he's Captain God. I told you it's not a Christian. I know, but still, you got God, you got cult. Pagan. Is there a. (laughs) But pagan also refers to some other shit, too, I feel like. It's It's a non specific, non denominational. Again, we're we're going way deeper into this than I think the writer. Secular God. (laughs) Yeah. It's. 
<laughs> okay, anyway. It puts the brain on a many paths. That's just that, that name itself. <laughs> Maybe you should have renamed the character. Anyway, so I really they put think her, so. <laughs> she realizes uh, before she took him off that she didn't ask where the big heist was, and she makes she basically palms her forehead, calling herself a corn dog, just like in Batman Returns. So we have another reference to Batman Returns. Um, she so calls herself a corn dog in Batman Returns. <laughs> yeah, she does. A corn dog. God, yes, I don't remember that. <laughs> Daniel Waters did. He was clearly proud of it and put that in this. Uh, <laughs> much, so ca- much better than a fucker Knox, that's for sure. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> so Catwoman escapes and goes into her own Catwoman motorcycle, gifted to her by her mom, which I think is a retrofitted version of what the homeless woman had. So this is pre Anne Hathaway driving the Bat Pod, pre Holly Berry riding a motorcycle. This is Catwoman riding a motorcycle before she did. She had her own cat cycle in the comics. So that's kind of cool. Uh, it lasts for maybe one scene. So, oh well. <laughs> does <laughs> She's it describe it as, as does it is it described as like being cat like? Having cat shit no, on No, I think it's just a regular motorcycle, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. The cat cycle, dude. That'd be cool. <laughs> Might as well if you got Captain God and Cactus and Spooky and everything here. Cactus. You might as well put the, the cat head on the front of the motorcycle. So there's yeah. two remaining cult of good members left because everyone else is dead. Uh, and that's Captain God himself and Cactus, who's the guy with he's got like a gun arm type of thing. And he's got like <clears throat> so, a spiky jacket or something? Uh, something like that. I got to reread the description. He's a punk, <laughs> punk rocker kind of guy. <laughs> uh, while they have a confrontation, the National Guard shows up with the mayor. And the mayor of Oasisburg says that they got a CD with evidence that the cult of good is actually bad. And the National Guard is coming to take you down. And we find out that this is happening because Selena's mom took the CD. So we, we've had. moved on from uh, floppy disks saving yes. the world to CDs saving <laughs> the world. Now. Yeah. <laughs> to be okay. fair, this is written before No Man's Land, so that's just how outdated No Man's Land was with the floppy disks. Yeah, they had that disc in Batman Returns. Alfred was that's true over there. Oh, DJ they, Alfred they, and Bruce. That's true. They they really wanted to show <laughs> off that technology. Like Daniel it was Waters like, like I need to have a CD play a role in the plot. I mean, even in Independence Day, right? That that had like a floppy disk that mm-hmm. <laughs> took out, that destroyed the aliens or something. Oh, I forgot about that. They uploaded know. the data Probably, yeah. somehow into yeah. their fucking alien mainframe, yes. and that floppy <laughs> disk saves the day. <sighs> that movie is fucking awesome, though. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Independence Day fucking rules. Go back and watch yes. it. Like it's actually it's actually cheesy as hell, but it's good. Skip the sequel. I know. Let's see. The, the National sequel. Guard oh. goes. Yeah, we all did. Yeah, the National Guard goes yeah. after the cult. Cactus escapes, but Captain God runs off, and he comes back with a bazooka, and that's when uh, the National Guard shoot him to death with armor-piercing rounds. Uh, so that's the end of Captain God. Catwoman goes, and she has to know who it is, so she takes off the helmet, and he's revealed to be Lewis Lane, which means that Brock Leviathan is innocent. So, Oh, shit. Selena settles down Second with Brock. Second biggest dick in the town. <laughs> so she settles down with Brock Leviathan, and they vow to go after Cactus, the remaining member of the Cult of Good. And Selena <laughs> says, quote, a couple that battles the forces of evil together is a couple that stays together. So Brock decides he's going to gift her a ring from the dead sister. The sister who was killed by the Cult of Good as they're bonded in fighting crime together and taking down you know, this remaining guy. However, 
things get complicated because Cactus arrives at Brock's place and makes himself at home. And Selena realizes things are going horribly wrong. As Brock's butler, remember he had a butler named Jeff, J-E-F-F, quote-unquote breaks... He, Jeff breaks from his stiff Michael Goff pose, so clearly Waters was thinking about Michael Goff from, as Alfred, and uh, Brock's butler then poisons Selena with a syringe, and Brock arrives, revealing that he is Captain God, and he knocked out Lewis and put him into the suit so that he would get killed by the National Guard as his contingency plan. So, Brock Leviathan is Captain the robot arm and been like, oh, that should have been a dead giveaway. <laughs> he, was, he was Cactus all along. How honestly, I was disappointed in this because I was like, it would have been so much cooler if there was, like, it was neither guy, and there was someone else as Captain God. It turned out to be the Butler, and he was like, the Butler did it. Come on, Knox was Captain God. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been awesome. I was, I was like, really, you played around with these tropes. I feel like you played with it even more by just having neither guy actually be it (laughs) and have it be like this other guy, but. Whatever. So, Brock is Captain God, and uh, he goes with Cactus, who's just whose real name is never mentioned. Uh, and they go off to enact their plans as Selena lies dying from the poison. End of script. No, not end of script. Uh, <laughs> the end. Fade to black. Fade to black. <laughs> Fade to black. No, but the black cat from earlier shows up and starts licking her. Uh-huh. Uh, specifically, she ends up sucking the poison out. And the cat dies instead of Selena, unfortunately. Poor kitty. Um, so a little less of a supernatural explanation because I was just like, this is an interesting callback to uh, Batman Returns here. Uh, but now that Selena is free of the poison at the sacrifice of the cat, Selena ends up uh, throwing the butler out the window and her mom shows up. Um, <laughs> what, the mom shows up again? <laughs> she got a crossbow this time or a fucking... This is the mom's got, yeah, with her bow and arrow. A Glock, and, and this uh, time she's leveling up. Like, what's going on over here? The mom's like, I've leveled out in more plot devices. So I was at the range has, the whole time. <laughs> training for she this had, moment. Sh- apparently, Lewis Lane gave her a recording before his death because he somehow knew that Brock was Captain God but didn't out it to Selena, and he wanted to say one last thing to her. You should know I knew you were Catwoman, almost from the start. The way you acted, some things you said, well, that and your mask. I saw some pictures and you know, it really only covers your eyes. Your face is actually quite exposed. I'm not going to rat you or... (laughs) I'm not going to rag you about it, but I just want you to know I loved Catwoman. Before it was the cool thing to do. Oh, okay. smooth. <laughs> Very smooth. So, like you thank have you. a lot of you confidence from something. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lewis apparently has also figured out that Brock, aka Captain God, is going to be striking Frank's Fun Palace as his big heist. And so Catwoman's mom encourages her to go save people. I keep Frank, calling her Catwoman's mom because she's never named. Frank's <laughs> Fun Palace is what? A bar? It's a ca- it's a casino. A casino, yeah, because we're in Vegas. Run by Frank, a.k.a. Danny DeVito, in my mind. Even mm-hmm. though, again, that yeah. makes no sense <laughs> if they did that. <laughs> but okay. anyway, uh, Captain God and Cactus strike the casino, leaving the tourists... They basically lock the tourists in with a bomb and try to make their getaway. And uh, for whatever reason, they make their getaway separately, so they're each on separate motorcycles. And as Cactus is on his motorcycle to leave, he has to stop because he finds himself up against, quote-unquote, a wall-to-wall legion of staring cats. 
Oh. And weird. a bunch of Catwoman imposters. So, led by Selena's mom, they end up killing Cactus. So, thank you, Mom. <laughs> wow. Uh, and uh, Catwoman confronts Brock in a one-to-one, one-on-one fight where she wants to know how to defuse the bomb in Frank's front pa- palace and ends up knocking him out. And Catwoman goes to the other ca- Catwoman and calls them out on how they were fighting each other earlier. Uh, and... How that made no fucking sense. Well, I wish she said that. That's not in there. <laughs> but she br- she brings up how like they need to stop fighting each other and put on more of a united front in order to save, basically, save the people inside. Which I think is somewhat metaphorical of Waters basically saying like sometimes with these movements against oppressors, there's too much infighting of you know people fighting each other on what's the best way to do it or any of those sorts of things. And so he's trying to metaphorically trying to bring it together. Maybe I'm giving him more credit than I than he deserves, but he's trying to bring it together by having Catwoman round up the Catwoman imposters, which honestly I wish he did earlier in the script right. uh, on this. Uh, and so now all of the Catwoman work together. They open the skylight uh, for the casino because all the doors are locked and rigged. Uh, and they form a human ladder for Selina to climb down to get down safely because she doesn't have a grappling hook because she's not Batman. And she reaches the floor and she reaches the bomb and she realizes she doesn't know how to defuse it because at the end of the day, even though she's Catwoman, she's still Selena Kyle, who used to be Max Shrek's secretary and a cocktail waitress. So, like, you can't expect her to know everything. Uh, <laughs> but she remembers the gold piece that Spooky gave her when she died and she puts it on the bomb and it stops it and it disarms it. So, I guess Spooky had the, the thing that stops the bomb. Uh, but her mom finally tells her that she's proud of her as everyone is able to leave the casino safely, uh, which would be a sweet moment if her mom wasn't so shitty to her earlier in the script, honestly. Right. Uh, so, um, but outside, Brock wakes up, and he's disappointed. His plan doesn't work. He counts down to when the explosion is supposed to happen, and he raises his arms in the air waiting for it, and it doesn't happen, and so he gets pretty pissed off, and so he sends a missile after Catwoman instead because that's what happens when you don't succeed in blowing Does up your Does she not have the whip at all in this movie? Oh, she does. She does. Okay. She just doesn't really play that much of a role. Like at one point, a another Catwoman imposter uses the whip, and Selena Kyle's like, "Look, Catwoman can be anybody, but the whip is my thing." And she takes the whip back from her. So I thought that was cool. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, Brock sends a missile after Catwoman at Frank's Fun Palace, and she realizes it's coming after her because Brock gave her the ring from his quote-unquote dead sister, and it turns out there's a tracking device in it, and so the missile's following the tracking no matter where she goes. So she gets the ring off, puts it on an arrow, and fires the arrow at Brock. And Brock catches... Oh, I think he gets hit in the chest, but with the armor, with the arrow. And he's like, Psh, whatever. And he looks down, and he sees there's the ring and the missile coming for him. And his last words are, quote, wow, beat by a girl. And then he, <laughs> quote, unquote... He, quote, this unquote, not good. detonates in a vivid as PG-13 allows burst and gets blown up. <laughs> So okay, it's okay. the end of Captain God. God is dead. Uh, wow. Oasisberg calls Catwoman their new hero and put up a cat signal. And uh, Selena is in the bath and sees the signal and refuses to go <laughs> because what? she's not that type of hero. She's not. She's not that type of hero. She wants the town to play a different song. She says, and we have basically a whole montage of men and women treating each other with respect you know there's a purse snatcher who like tries to snatch a purse and then he like sort of sheepishly walks back and apologizes for doing it because he's actually afraid because again everybody's seen these women as as cat type of thing so it's just trying to basically 
promote the idea of uh, some sense of respect now people building up themselves rather than her saving everybody I think we've is come what a long way haven't we everyone yes so we've come quite a long way yes basically since 95 selena has turned oasisburg into a place for that and the end reveals that she's taken over the fun palace that's now selena's fun palace and she has a voiceover narration basically saying she doesn't have to choose to be selena catwoman anymore here she can be both and that's the end of Catwoman. Be now because <laughs> she chooses to be. Chooses right. To be. <laughs> Catwoman forever. <laughs> Residency in Vegas. <laughs> All right. Thoughts on uh, the 1995 Catwoman script. Do you guys still think that they should have made it? Zach? <laughs> I'm going to take your line from earlier. No, sir. I don't like it. <laughs> Some horse says that, right? In Ren and Stimpy? Right. Yeah. I am. Um, okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so now. But I feel like there could have been some remedies. Uh, maybe, if, maybe if it was in Bloodhaven instead, so it's somewhere close by, and that there was a very like Z-lister or lower tier Batman villain or a Bloodhaven uh, villain, so that it was like some link there. Block crazy quilts, crazy quilts. <laughs> As I'm thinking, like you know, like Black Mask in uh, the Birds of Prey movie or something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. Black Mask is in Catwoman's um, future, at least. Not, I don't think it was during the '90s that that um, that part was written into the comics. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that that would have made it better. Just that, and then, like you said, Catwoman not having amnesia, just kind of choosing <laughs> to leave Gotham, right. um, but still knowing who she is, and yeah, it's. There's a lot to unpack in this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Andrew. Probably should not have been made, but this is also a first draft or mm-hmm. probably close to first draft. No one else looked at it afterwards. I mean. Except for like, us. Yeah. Yeah. The rest yeah, of the internet, yeah, <laughs> internet did, but like nobody, uh, you know, a contemporary to, you know, the, the str- Strick didn't, didn't take a pass at it. Right. So, uh, I mean, it's really not good, and it shouldn't have been made in this form. But you know, it's his first draft, so whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, definitely, it shouldn't have been made in this in this version at all. Like, this was <laughs> this was bad. Actually, is this anywhere? I never saw the Halle Berry one. Did you see that? Did you see it? Anybody no, see it I here? I don't think any. I don't think it's in. I don't think any of this made it in there. Okay, so that's a completely different script, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have I have some stuff on that too. So, uh, he apparently turned this draft in on June 16th, 1995. Now, why is that significant? Because that was the opening day of Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, Waters said that that may have been, quote, not my best logistical move because of this the tonal differences between Batman Forever and Catwoman, especially because Catwoman was not meant to be a family-friendly script, whereas Batman Forever was meant to be a family-friendly version of it. Uh, But he also felt that Tim Burton didn't really know what he wanted and lost interest. He said, quote, deep down he knew his vision wasn't something anybody wanted. Uh, And uh, Pfeiffer apparently got on Daniel Waters' case to the point where he feels that she hates him now. (laughs) He (laughs) says that Pfeiffer, quote, badgered me at a public event and was like, what's taking you so long? Why haven't you coughed up this gold mine character? Pfeiffer, really? Pfeiffer did that? Yeah, she really wanted to come back and just... They, it just never happened. I wonder if stuff like that is what kept her from being more in the limelight 
Uh, I don't. Because everyone wanted just thought of her for as Catwoman. I mean, there's there's also yeah, exactly. And there's some stories I don't want to get into right now, but of uh, Anne Hathaway. Is there a Catwoman curse? You know, like I don't know. Like I mean, Anne Hathaway's still in a bunch of stuff. More than Pfeiffer. More than Pfeiffer. I guess. Yeah. 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 That's true, but I don't know. I guess it's just maybe just less on my radar generally. I don't know what it is, but mm. Pfeiffer really just went, just didn't do a whole lot right. after this movie or after mm-hmm. Returns. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, let's see. Eventually, they did consider rebooting Catwoman completely, and so they're just like, let's try it with Ashley Judd. Uh, so this may have been when they started doing scripts that didn't have Selena Kyle's character at all. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure if they were just like, oh, let's just reboot it with a different actress as the Selena Catwoman, or they're just like, fuck it, Michelle Pfeiffer is this version of Catwoman, and here's the new Catwoman who's a different character. Um, Nicole Kidman was also apparently considered post Batman Forever, so that would have been weird. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Hollywood Reporter described the script in 2001 as uh, Catwoman being a quote cat-loving gymnast who runs an animal grooming business. While she is a vulnerable woman, her alter ego Catwoman is super confident and fights evil. Does she have the shagging wagon from Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> I don't think but that's a, in there. But with a cat. <laughs> so that would be awesome. Eventually, Catwoman spinoff was made in 2004. Of course, as we know, with Holly Berry as Patience Phillips, a character completely unrelated to Selena Kyle, uh, donning the cow of Catwoman. However, there is an Easter egg of Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman seen in it hinting that they were saying that this is the same universe as Batman Returns. The, take that for what you will, and you get to decide whether or not that is in your personal continuity. Uh, but Daniel Waters did get arbitration on that Catwoman script with the option of having a script writing credit on that. And he read the script, and he was immediately like, no, there's no way I want my name associated with this. And so, <laughs> and plus practically nothing from his draft was in there. But since he was the first writer technically to write a Catwoman script and the Halle Berry movie is sort of what became of this uh, he was given sort of the the option of doing that because sometimes you can do that you can have the option of having your name credited like that's how Sam Hamm still has sort of a story by credit on Batman Returns even though they didn't go with his specific script right is because he was technically the first writer on this version um there was yet another attempt to bring back Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman by John August writer John August who did Big Fish with Tim Burton however that's a completely different project and uh, I think I will save that for our uh, Patreon users Big so. Fish was not good I saw that in the theater <laughs> you didn't like it and you liked it uh, yeah I like Big Fish <laughs> I, I, re- I really I don't want to get into bold statements that's what we used to do in Super House back in the day right. but I, Tim Burton's so so hit or miss for me and most of his good yeah. shit was before like i agree with that yeah yeah i think most people would yeah i think most people agree with you on that yeah alice in wonderland it fucking sucked anyway all right let's keep i I don't want to be negative let's keep going well and well that is pretty much it for the catwoman project so that is superhero stuff you should know <laughs> I always fuck up your momentum. I think there, but I just have I have things to say that are just so important, Ben. Um, I don't want to be, neg- be negative. Yeah. Big fish. 
yeah. that is that is the ending of this episode. Uh, so thank you for joining us. This is our end of year episode. We did a lot this year. We did the Dark Knight trilogy. We did, uh, we did Batman video games. We did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, we did all the Batman comics in relation to coronavirus-like pandemics. All the Batman ones comics. that we didn't know. Yes, all the Batman we comics. All of them. Like, you know, we have Offended. seven hours of Superman the movie, brought down to five parts. But it's it's honestly totals out to seven hours. <laughs> so it's enough for you to watch Superman the movie about three times. I really uh, enjoyed watch with that it. though. That was cool. <laughs> it was a you know we did Batman yeah. for two years basically pretty much. So. <laughs> We have a little detour in a, in a, in the Krypton and Smallville and yes. Metropolis was fun. Yes. So, yeah. And then we also, uh, I mean, we also brought Zach on and as well as a whole bunch of uh, other guest stars. But yeah. uh, you know, thank you for for being a part of this, Zach, and for being a part of uh, this podcast as a oh, yeah, contributor. Of course. Yeah. Thank Any you, man. to talk Batman. Yeah. Uh, I guess Andrew, we've never really officially talked about because. Our listeners might notice it's mostly just been you and me for the past couple months. Uh, I was I thought you might bring this up. Uh, yeah, yeah, Wolfie just uh, wanted to go his own path. Uh, he might come on for any Ninja Turtle stuff we do in the future because there is Batman versus Ninja Turtles or Batman mm-hmm. and Ninja Turtles. I forget the exact title, but that's going to be tackled at some point, and mm-hmm. he'll be on for that. But... Uh, you know, he just had his own. Uh, he wants to do his own thing at the moment, so um, <laughs> he's pretty much just going to be a guest host. It's you know going forward. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, we didn't cover that sooner, but that's just what happened. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, where we're yeah. at now. Yeah. So uh, thank you again, guys, for joining us. Uh, next year, when we start up, we will be covering all of the Zack Snyder-related DCEU-verse because the Snyder Cut is coming and we feel like we should be prepared. So we're going to start with Wonder Woman 1984 because that's going to be a new release coming off. Uh, we'll probably cover... We did do a Wonder Woman episode, but it was more of a review, so we'll probably do a deep dive as well. Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League, as well as some of the comic book related stuff so I plan to cover stuff like Batman's meeting of Superman in the comics their first meetings throughout the ages all the different fights they've done throughout the ages to coincide with that but a cannot, lot of next year will be on that personally can't wait for the Man of Steel one because it's well, that's coming be up in a January. fucking bloodbath bro <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a fucking bloodbath I'm gonna put a disclaimer on that episode let me put it that way okay we're gonna I, I'd say what we've done for every director is treat them fairly, I'd say. That's true. Like, we've we've talked about positive and negatives of everybody. Schumacher. Burton, Schumacher, Nolan. Like, we've it's not like we've shat on one or completely worshipped the other. We've done, we've given praise and criticized every single one of those guys. It's yeah. not like I don't so, have the Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad movie book downstairs. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can still appreciate parts of them. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, warehouse yeah. fight scene and all that shit. Yeah. So we'll definitely be covering all of those. So stuff for you guys to look forward to. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to do some of the shout outs to our YouTube comments uh, that we've been getting. So we have a few corrections department stuff. So one of them is from Camden. Again, uh, Camden, I'm very close to just inviting you on for just talking about Superman because... Clearly, I've been fucking up too much, but I said in the in, the, in part five uh, that man. Superman the movie was the only movie Superman movie that John Williams scored, uh, whereas everyone else kind of just took his themes. 
Camden corrected me saying that Williams actually wrote new themes for Superman for the Quest for Peace, but he left the conducting of the orchestra and I guess filling in the rest of the score to Alexander Courage, which is why Alexander Courage is credited for the score. That is uh, interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, I did not I've know never that. Seen the previous suits stuff three and four. We will next year, I'm guessing. Yeah, we're so. going to see. I, I'm, I'll be okay with it. Go in with low expectations. It could be okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mitt Bronx uh, is back, and he brought up how... I talked about in the podcast how Larry Hagman from Dallas, who was JR, has a little short role in Superman the movie as the one who gives mouth-to-mouth to Miss Tessmacher. And uh, Andrew said he was not familiar with Dallas because he knew other retro TV shows like I Dream of Genie and Mid Bronx has Nick chimed in saying yes Mid Bronx says Larry Hagman was the male lead in I Dream of Genie as Captain Anthony Nelson so that <laughs> you should know who Larry Hagman is is what he's saying <laughs> he didn't say it like that but <laughs> I think that's that seems to be the subtext okay. of that <laughs> let, me, let me address this <laughs> it, it, it is funny but um I haven't seen him since the 90s, and I wasn't paying attention that well when I was a kid. So, okay, yeah, it's a stupid mistake on my part, but I, I don't know, man. I, I That wasn't my main focus when watching I Dream of Genie. also. Let's put it that nor way. Is he, nor is his role in <laughs> Superman, like, the most memorable compared to, like, Christopher Reeve, you know? Like, so... So, I mean, yes, of course he's right, but... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. I'll take it. I'll uh, take that. All right. Uh, let's see. Next one is Captain Beastwinger has been leaving a lot of comments for us. This cool is name. New, uh, yeah. Thank you, Captain Beastwinger. Cool name. Um, this was on one of our. This I believe is on our Batman Forever novelization one. Uh, he was talking about Chase Meridian. He says, "Quote: Chase didn't make it as a big role in the comics because he already had a doctor therapist mother figure, Leslie Tompkins." So, what do you guys sure, think yeah. of this? Zach? No, no. I mean that's like a totally different role. That's like yeah, a I agree. Very good <laughs> mother role for Bruce. Um, you know, Chase Meridian. Yeah, make... Chase Meridian is just like a love interest. So I knew we wanted to explore or... the psychology of Bruce Wayne and Batman Forever, but I don't know if we need to give him an Oedipus complex with uh, <sighs> yes. Chase Meridian and Leslie Tompkins <laughs> on this. Also, yeah. I I've I've always seen Leslie Tompkins as a medical doctor, not as a, not as a therapist. Uh, mm. So okay, yeah, there you go. You know, um, so I mean, I kind of get what he's talking about. I do think some former Leslie Tompkins has crossed over, and or like some of the stuff that we saw Gordon and Rachel do in Batman Begins could have been Leslie Tompkins if we were to stay closer to the comics uh, on those things. But Chase Meridian, I'm like, eh, like I don't really see how she could have had a role in Batman Forever for me personally. But I like the idea of bringing her into the movies at some point. Uh, I just don't see how she might have fit into that movie. Right. Uh, but I'm, I don't think that's what he meant, though. He's mainly just saying, like, um, Chase didn't have a role in the comics because there was already somebody who was a therapist to him. Um, but as I said, like, eh, Leslie's more of a surrogate mother and not really a therapist so much. I think sometimes she does play that role in, like, Haunted Night, I think she's like that. But for the most part, I kind of see her more as, like, a colleague of Thomas Wayne, who is also a medical doctor type of thing so let's see moving on last comment we're is one a nice real one. quick before we get to that you yes so you're a big nickelodeon fan back in the day you watched nick at night as well me yeah zach yeah sometimes so you're you're we're about the same age too so you're aware of their fucking kind of general lineup back in the day 
Dragnet, Mork and Mindy, fucking mm-hmm. okay. All right. I just want to know. Like, I feel like I sometimes feel like I'm the only fucking guy that watched that shit. <laughs> I, other than my dad. Yeah, when I stayed up, I would definitely watch it. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. Nice. That's all. Okay. Let's move forward. Uh, new comment from Julian James uh, at Big Daddy Julian J on Twitter. Uh, I let him know that uh, we addressed some of his corrections department stuff, and he said, "Quote: Shoot through it yesterday. Loving these. You guys are great." Hope you'll do more DC films. <laughs> Wait till you see next year. Uh, and he says, y'all, it really shits when that guy says that, but now I can't stop. <laughs> okay. Ben sent me this before we started recording. Great comment. Thank you. Several things to unpack here. First of all, the only other Australian that we've, the only Australian we've interviewed for the show, also named Julian. Uh, this is before Ben was a, was a mm-hmm. co-host. It's just... Uh, this was yeah before that time, um, and that's on only on iTunes right now n- on Spotify, not on YouTube just yet. Uh, Julian Ledger, he, his dad actually did some Marvel covers, <laughs> actually. So uh, I forget what his dad's name is, but uh, his name is Julian Ledger. Other thing is that guy. We say our names at the beginning of the show every time. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Throw me a bone here, but I'm glad that, <laughs> that I can <could> bring <laughs> the joy of y'all to to Australia. So yes, <laughs> um, that's pretty funny. So uh, thank you for the comment. <laughs> I'll just call you that guy from then on. That guy, <laughs> I'm that guy. With that guy, <laughs> he's like, chewed through five episodes and he's still calling me that guy. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Thanks, we'll man. Respond, and uh, I yes. like that guy that says y'all. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he doesn't. He just he doesn't know which one of us is, was on Twitter to respond to him with that. So. But he could have said your name still. <laughs> come on, oh, well. yeah. the, I'm the one that says y'all though. Come on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That y'all guy. All right. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! Right. I thought that comment was funny. So <laughs> anyway, nice. thank you. Last comment is from SDCT Productions. Quote: As a filmmaker stuck in the madness of this pandemic, this podcast has saved my life. So yeah, that's... thank you very much. That. That really, means a lot. I was thinking about like if we made any kind of positive influence over the year, like a little before you uh, sent that to me, Ben, and uh, that's really mm-hmm. cool. So, yeah, yeah, I'm glad we could do that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you know, thank you very much for listening, and and hopefully this will. <clears throat> I'm not sure whether this whole podcast saved my life is. An exaggeration, or if you're going through some shit you didn't weren't talking about, but either way, you know we're we're grateful to have you as a listener, and we hope that this continues to bring you bring you joy during uh, this time that I know is very has been very trying for us. I think we're very grateful over on the podcast that this was a good year for our specific the specific show. Uh, when I know that this is not a very good year for a lot of other people, but I'm I'm for one I'm grateful for what we were able to do for this year in our growth. That's the thing, like we suddenly found ourselves in quarantine mm-hmm. and lots of time at home still had the internet so we really you know tried to hone this show in more and more we did yeah and uh yeah over to that guy <laughs> over to that guy okay <laughs> thanks again everybody for this year uh this is of course the last one and uh thanks zach of course for coming on again so and with the awesome art always as well and the voices are you fucking kidding me so like a triple whammy there man Um, so anyway 
Again, Kuki Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B, Shamrock Balls, Aaron Willett, Ian H, Dan D, Leom O, Super Inframan, and Douglas P. Thank you for being part of our Patreon this year, and hopefully we can continue this beautiful relationship into the new year. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just like those people just listed, you can join us and all the fun at patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. Uh, there's a $1 tier that gets you the shout-out like I just did. But there's also the $5 tier where you get the shout-out plus the bonus feed. That re- really gets interesting. And uh, that's, uh, what, four episodes a month, $5 mm-hmm. a month. It's almost a dollar an episode, and you can cancel anytime. So there you go on that one. It's usually like a deeper dive kind of a thing. We do the deep, well, Ben does the deep dive for the main show here, and then we do, or generally, Ben does the deeper dive for uh, for the Patreon feed, so uh, please check so sometimes that out. Andrew, if you want to listen about Rowism yeah, and that's, that's other true. Kryptonian things. <laughs> Get your real nerd card when you talk <laughs> talk about the ins and outs of Rowism, <laughs> the Kryptonian religion. Yes. <laughs> um I do find that interesting, though, for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, Superhouse merch. Been meaning to say this. Uh, oh, yes. We have it, of course, on Patreon, but also on Redbubble. Okay? So it's uh, superhousepod.redbubble.com. Get your mugs. Get your shirts. Uh, that's where Wolfie's still a part of us, actually, because he did a lot of the art for that, the Indeed Wizard art and the Ben Man art is on there. So uh, if you want that Ben Man mug or Ben Man shirt or whatever, mm-hmm. stickers, or also stickers. Yeah, Indeed Wizard sticker. Uh, actually, I want one. I don't even have one yet. I need to order one. <laughs> I don't have a Ben Man thing either. Yeah. I just have it as my profile picture. I, I, I want to get a sticker at least. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so We need yeah. merch of ourselves right now. <laughs> for, for, if you can't support yourself, who can you support? <laughs> so, <Exactly. laughs> so um, yeah, check that out. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you for that, Zach, <laughs> for doing that. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, also uh, the phone bumper stuff. So record us whatever, and then on your voice recorder app, um, and then send that to your voice recording to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. You'll be on the show. And then I am Thunderwolf Drew on Twitter and Instagram. Had some friends over from uh, Greenlit Podcast actually friend me, uh, Hardcore Gaming 101. Um, and maybe maybe one or two other, I, mostly dudes, I think. One or two other dudes friended me. Thank you guys for following me on Twitter there. Um, and... Uh, I think that's it. Superhouse, uh, superhero stuff you should know on YouTube if you're not checking that out already. Uh, check that out. But if you just want to listen to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify or whatever, of course, perfectly fine. Over to Ben. Nice. You can also follow us on Instagram at superhero stuff pod, which is how I met Zach. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Ben Juan Writer, uh, as well as Twitter at superhouse pod. Uh, it's mostly me on both of those social media platforms i think we're also on tiktok we're getting with the cool tickets you're just better at it than i am like (laughs) the way you handle instagram (laughs) oh god i just can't i'm just not that good at it we just gotta we gotta keep up with cool kids we gotta do some tiktok stuff apparently we we gotta do that we gotta uh, yeah the tiktok (laughs) you're better with the instagram like we'll, we'll we'll do something for sure 
I believe I write superhero stuff you should know on Instagram. I mean, uh, on TikTok. Um, yeah, our superhero stuff but, pod, maybe. Actually, yeah, you'll find us. We don't even know. Us, we're there. <laughs> search for us there. You'll find We'll us. figure that out in 2021. <laughs> uh, Zach, where can our fans find you so they can see, check out more of this? Hold on, let me move this. Are you on the TikTok, Zach? Me. You know I am now, actually. Oh, shit. <laughs> I got to follow you on TikTok. Yep, it's the it's the same thing. Um, I'm currently updating my website, but on Instagram and TikTok, it's uh, Zachary Jackson Brown Art. So same nice. name, you can follow me there. Same shit, but you can still watch it anyways. Drawing nice. and stuff. <laughs> it's, it's almost the same as Instagram, but well, it's a, it is a little different. But anyway, lots of vidges for the children. That is true. We gotta we gotta edit our videos down to one minute. We can't even do a podcast that's under one hour these yeah. days. So we were really trying, we were really struggling. It's TikTok's rough. going to challenge us. It's rough. It's a rough, rough, rough world, Zach. Yes. Gotta do some behind the scenes shots, you know. Yeah. That's true. True. Okay. We'll I did want to. I did want to reveal like, like uh, Ben usually does the like script writing, of course, and the screenwriting. But I am the tech guy. I handle the mm. the podcast editing and and all that kind of stuff so it's how that's how we balance out our, our workload generally speaking and the photoshop generally unless zach is doing it so yeah i don't know why i want to talk about that but i just get like at the end of the year shit i don't i don't know just yeah, more it's info. A special special episode for you guys who have been sticking with us or first heard of us in 2020 and have been following along with us this year so you know, thank you very much for yeah. listening, and uh, hope you enjoy what we have in store next in 2021. Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year! <laughs> <laughs> All right, kiddies, this is your old Uncle Joker saying that it's time to ring in the new year. <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network.